Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I didn't do Team Sky because I, I loved cycling and I was passionate about cycling. I got into Team Sky because I was passionate about what happened to David not happening to somebody else. I was very much, I had a career of two halves, um, literally a split in the middle by my doping ban. Uh, and in that far, first half, I, I kind of look back on that with regret, the fact I was quite a prima donna and I'd, I'd had no opportunity to learn how to lead. Um, I kind of just came in guns blazing, and by the time I was 23, I was basically leading, well, I was leading France's number one cycling team at the Tour de France. And when I had that, that ban of two years and got to really kind of change as a, as a human and, and come back with a lot more humility, uh, it, I was a much better leader, and I became an owner of a team. I became, uh, I was still a winner, still a leader outright, but I actually began to relish the role of what we call the road captain. I didn't do Team Sky because I, I loved cycling and I was passionate about cycling. I got into Team Sky because I was passionate about what happened to David not happening to somebody else. And that decision was like, mm. if, if, we, if we make compromises at this stage in the game, um, at the very inception of the team, that could potentially compromise my ability to do that. And so my own values enabled me to say, you know what, I believe that this team is going to have a way bigger impact on the sport than, than me fighting for David to be a part of it. And so being able to live by my own values and do that was really important to me. And then the challenge I then faced was, you know, further down the line in Team Sky, finding out some of the, you know, decisions that had been made that I wasn't party to, that I would ne wouldn't necessarily have agreed with and everything else. That, that then became a, that became a real conflict in my own head of like, wow, what is this now? And, and what, what do I stand for? And how does that all fit together? But at the time, I, and, and now if I, if I could turn back time and change the decisions, I wouldn't. I still think, I still think that the decisions that Team Sky were making were the right decisions for the sport. And, and, I, and they were very aligned to my values. For me, it's probably the biggest leadership lesson I learned in my life. Um, and it guides me even now because it was 
at, at a at a personal level, I would have loved David to have been part of the team. And, and at a personal and professional level, I believe that David had something to offer the team that was unique and different to anyone else in the sport at that point in time. However, I also fundamentally believe that the sport needed to change. And I fundamentally believe that that change needed to be systemic um, and it needed to be from the top. And it needed to be done in a way that created um, real... Uh, conflict in some ways and 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 that's what we did you know it, it it was a controversial policy was it the right policy no I don't think it was but was it right for that point in time yes because it it forced conversations that weren't happening it forced um you know the gray area of okay well if you if we think they've been doping but they've never been caught but there's all this rumor what does that mean and the conversations that that was forcing behind the scenes in team sky in the sport in UCI in the ASO, you know, people weren't party to that, but I was, and I was party to the the decisions that Team Sky were making were, were changing the face of the sport. When I came back um, after my ban, my biggest um, drive was this shouldn't have happened to me. And I, I my motivation for putting so much work into the anti-doping movements and spending years on commissions and putting myself on the line in the media was was by I knew that I could prevent it happening to younger riders if I educated people and if I put myself in the line and I actually went and worked with commissions who'd never spoken to an, a, a doper before. And so that was my mission and I think it, it worked and it took years. But with Frances, it was the same. She was doing it for one person. She was doing it for me in the sense that she knew that well, How do you apply sport to big business? Because that's where you're at right now. I mean, David, you're doing it with your, your line as well. So how do you sort of apply that to um, a business brand like Bellstaff? Um, I mean, that, to be honest, that was the appeal of Bellstaff. It wasn't, it wasn't actually so much the coming into fashion because I've never really had any particular interest in fashion. It was the idea, I, you know, I'd been in, in Team Sky for 12 years. I'd worked for Brailsford for, for most of my, well, most of my adult life, actually. I've been in and around Dave. Um, and I've learned so much and I just I really wanted the opportunity to see if I could take all of that knowledge and, and lessons and learning and the stuff I've learned from Steve Peters and how do you build a winning team and, and apply it somewhere else. Um, and I, it's the bit of my job that I absolutely love. You know, it's the it's, you know, building. I One of the first things I did was I created like a whole mission and I got everyone branded sweatshirts. And I was like, I don't know how to do this other than doing it like we're a sports team. So you're all just going to have to come on that journey. Um <laughs> And they and they are they're all on that journey and we're in a really good place and it's and it's a and it's you know what it's got the same challenges you know I've got you know young people coming into their first job you know how do you stop them burning out how do you make them feel they're part of something how do you give them the right development pathway how do you make sure that they are accountable and taking ownership and you know it's it's all the same things just in a completely different in a different space so um, I absolutely love it and and actually that I think that's the bit that I'm passionate about I think I've discovered coming here that the thing I love, the reason I love Team Sky, the reason I love doing the Elliot Kipchoge Challenge, the reason I love doing this is I love working in an environment where I can help people fulfill their potential. That's the thing I'm good at. It's the thing I enjoy. It's the thing I'm passionate about. It's what I get out of bed for in the morning. So, so yeah, it's been, it's been great to come and do it. I absolutely love it here. Um, but I, but I absolutely love it most places I go. <laughs> so I'm like, I've never really done anything that I've not loved because I don't think I'd be very good at it if I went somewhere and did something I didn't love. So, um, so yeah, so I think just yep. developing that, developing that learning and, and continuing to hopefully learn more about how to help people get the best out of themselves really. 
Do you find, um, Fran, do you find coming from sort of intense sport and obviously the riders and everyone involved are so mo- hugely motivated and the work ethic is just huge? Yeah. Coming into business, do you find the same work ethic or do you sometimes find that because <laughs> you're not waking up each day to try and go and win the Tour de France or whatever, that, um, you know, people sort of strolling in at nine o'clock? Um, do you know what? You know, the, and, a... and walking out the door at five, is that is that something it's... that's a challenge or...? It's a great Not question, Ben, because I, it, yeah, exactly. No, uh, no, it's a great question because I think that the, the biggest challenge that I've faced here is that you forget when you're in a professional sports team, particularly at like your level and at the level I was at with Team Sky, the majority of people who are on that team are at the very top of their game. You know, like they've, mm. they've done everything. They've been there. They've got, you know, they've, they're either right at the beginning of their career, but they're, they're the best talent in their, you know, country or, or they've been, a mechanic for 15, 20 years and they're the, they're the best in the world at it. So that idea of like pushing yourself and striving for excellence and marginal gains and all of those things, that's a really easy, a much easier thing to work with a group of people who are at their top of their game. Whereas when you come into a business, there are people who quite frankly, they just want to pay the bills. You know, they want to go home at five o'clock and see their kids. They don't, they're not here to be the best in the world at what they do. They're here to get paid. And, and trying to get to change the culture to make people feel like, you know what, being part of something is really special and you spend more time in your work than you do any other part of your life. So actually, if you can make it something that has purpose and focus and determination and, and ambition and strive to be better, um, then, then you, you know, you'll get more out of it. That, that's kind of the, the approach I've taken. But yeah, for sure, it's a different, it's a totally different mindset that's needed to get excellence out of people in a business environment as opposed to getting excellence out of people in a high-performance sports team. It's so funny you said that because that was my transition out of bike racing into the real world. All of a sudden, I was thought that's how you just achieve things, was just going all in. And it was 24-7, 365. And, and actually, I was like, that's not how you do it, is it? That's not very effective unless you're kind of, as Franz said, at this very pinnacle and on this passion-driven project and I've been learning a lot of Francis regards that how do you transfer that kind of that this thing that you and I have experienced and what gave us success in the past was that singular drive and that kind of at times ruthlessness and and selfishness which is also quite a trait of elite athletes but then actually transferring the the good bits of that into uh, let me say real world application is not easy and it's something that Francis has been helping me with chapter three is kind of how do I kind of actually apply my core competencies into a business world? And it's not obvious. And it's, it's been a very steep learning curve for me. What do you think is sort of one nugget that you could give to everyday regular people from, from your lives of how to perform better every day? One of my strongest attributes was not giving up and just don't give up, especially in the second half of my career, oddly, when I kind of came back with more humility. And I used to tell younger riders, it's like, don't give up. It's like, that's, and that's also what I guess they do say in an idealistic way regards young businesses is it's not companies that die, it's entrepreneurs that give up. But actually, I'm not so sure. I think it's choosing your fights um, and making sure you know when not to give up and when to give up. And give up has such negative connotations, so it might just be letting go rather than giving up. If there's something you love and that you believe in, don't give up. But if you don't love it, you might have to let it go. When you're trying to perform at your very best, you need to be happy and you need to be enjoying it. And that 
finding how finding a place where you get some joy out of the work you know it's like I jokingly said earlier I've never worked anywhere I don't love but I think that's because I take a huge amount of satisfaction and joy from what I do and and that makes it easy to have the late nights it makes it easier to do the long hours it makes it easy to to put in because I absolutely love it 